third time lucky. Welcome, dear listener. And tonight, oh bollocks! <laughs> <laughs> What's it, what we're talking about tonight, Matthew. <laughs> it will be Dudley Moore. Um, <clears throat> welcome, dear listener, to the Twelve Days of Crombie. And tonight we will be reviewing the Polar Express. Boop boop. change there what do you think very about that? good and I, 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 I only noticed that you did the boop boop as the thing the third time i thought the first two were just you were making a noise <laughs> why would i just be making a noise right you you, you wonder <laughs> you do wonder <clears throat> welcome dear listener uh, my name is dr james evans esquire here we only got one rule never ever let it cool keep it cooking in the pot soon we'll get hot chocolate and I'm Hugh. We are in some serious jelly. <laughs> ah, very good. I was going to use that quote too. But really, I was going to yeah. use the hot chocolate one. Yeah, were you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Symbiosis there. There we go. Very good. Oh. Very good. Well, yes, dear listener. Um, well, the, uh, the, the, the last recording of our 12 Days of Christmas films is quite apt that it's uh, um, a train taking us to a particular destination, that destination oh, yeah. being the North Pole. So, you know, it's all good, I guess, in that regard, isn't it? It's as if we planned it, Hugh. We could have um, picked a lot worse films to end on. <laughs> well, we'll, <laughs> we'll both be the judge of that. Let's wait and see. Um, <laughs> I'm revealing nothing, of course. Um, but yeah, it's it's the, um, I don't know, would you say that this this is the, the Christmas classic, the Polar Express, a modern classic, maybe? Well, I'd say the book is a, is a modern classic. You know so what? I have stuff. never heard of it. Really? It's called the Polar Express. Yeah, I mean, I, no, look, <laughs> how have you not how have you not had it? You've got a young child. Have you not read the Polar Express to them? No, I did not know that the Polar Express was a book until I had watched the film and I did I did a bit of reading around it and found out that it's based on a book from which Tom Hanks and Robert Zemeckis bought the rights and the estate of the book said that they didn't want to be, it to be made into a, an animation. So instead, being the cynical so-and-sos they are, they did they did a completely um, digital motion capture <laughs> process. Really? Just to screw them over. Yeah. Is that why this mocap came about? Yeah. yeah. My goodness. <laughs> they, they wanted to make an animation. They couldn't because it wasn't in the contract that they had. So they thought, you know what? We'll do something like an animation and we'll try some new technology. There you go. We see necessity uh, as the mother of invention. But um, yeah, indeed, so, indeed. Well, so, the Polar Express walked so that the Christmas Carol could run. Oh, very good. So, yeah, but uh, <laughs> and the, so Beowulf could walk around with no clothes on. And have <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. What happened we'll, to we'll, we'll, oh, Tintin? I suppose Tintin's another one, isn't it? We'll come to that. We'll come to all of this. This is this is. Yeah, well, this, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're, what you're, am I doing? What you're am I diving doing? into the present because it's Christmas tomorrow. <laughs> It's Christmas tomorrow. I'm excited. Quite it's exciting. It's Christmas tomorrow. Who can deal with the things, the presents, the joy, the excitement? Uh, but notwithstanding, we have our recap of the story before we before we dive of into we do. the presents. And, and so the, um, the 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 story is a relatively simple one. Uh, it's in uh, the suburbs of 50s America, uh, and and a young man, a young boy, is in bed. Um, 
waiting for Santa Claus, but secretly thinking, is will I will I wait in vain? Is is there really such a thing as a Santa Claus? Yeah. Um, he's pretty convinced that there isn't, isn't he? Because he looks he's up done in his the encyclopedia. He's done his what, uh, yeah. Yeah. what happens at the North Pole? Nothing. He's got newspaper articles. He's got he's got magazines, all this kind of stuff. So he's he's really done his research, and he's pretty sure it's not going to happen. Um, like he didn't go and see the store Santa. He didn't put out the milk and cookies. So you know, as 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 it said of him, he's on the cusp. This is a crucial year for him. But Sensible before, lad, really. <laughs> before anything can happen, um, an enormous steam train appears down the middle of his street, and the conductor <laughs> yeah, says, "Are you coming on the train?" Um, and he goes, "Where are you going? To the North Pole. This is the Polar Express." Hmm. Uh, we should say the the conductor and almost every other adult in the uh, in the movie is played by Tom Hanks. Um, Even the boy is played by Tom Hanks. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Hero wow. boy is voiced by Tom Hanks. Yeah, the boy, yeah, the boy has no name. So, um, no. so yeah, so uh, so the the boy gets on the train, full of kids, all 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 offered the same treat to go to the North Pole, all very happy and excited. They, the train continues, making one more stop on literally the other side of the tracks to pick up a very forlorn and quite mm. impoverished boy who kind of stays away from everyone else. But nonetheless, the, the train carries on. They have hot chocolate. There's some fun games with uh, one of the tickets go missing and they have to crawl all over the train to get it back. They're racing through the, the Arctic tundra. They um, they have uh, the, the caribou get in the way. They have to scoot across a, a load of ice. Um, as on, on his journey up and down over the roof of the the Polar Express and in and out, the boy meets a hobo who lives on top of the roof, who's also a kind of ghost of the train because mm. he keeps reappearing and disappearing at key moments. Uh, the two rather gormless engineers kind of get the train going. Um, the boy makes a few friends, but they finally arrive at the North Pole, which is again a, a glimmering oasis of, of well, mm. facts and lights um, filled with again pint sized elves uh, who are nonetheless humans but small and therefore quite creepy <laughs> yeah it's not um, just the elves that are creepy about this yeah. film but no no we'll come to that too. Uh, <laughs> but as as they arrive at the north pole it's only half of the film they then the the, the kids yeah. um, get separate from the group and have this kind of you know adventure traveling through the, these toy making places up and down the the tracks and round around you can tell this was made for imax because there's lots of lots of roller coaster <laughs> action um but they finally turn up at the uh, at the, the big, well, the, the very centre of the North Pole because it's an almost Christmas tree, and every point of the compass is south, so you know you're at the North yeah, Pole. Yeah. Um, and but the, the, they have to wait for Santa to arrive because thousands of elves are now gathered, all singing. You better watch out. Um, and the the reindeer Cre- are creepily. Yeah, the whole of everything <laughs> creepily goes without saying. Everything they do is creepy. Uh, the uh, the rain the, the reindeer are galloping uh, towards and their sleigh bells are jingling but oh, the boy cannot hear them all the other kids can hear it such a wonderful sound the boy can't hear it and a bell comes loose and the boy shakes it it's not happening but then he says to himself I believe I believe I believe and he hears the bell and then he sees Santa um, who, who giant gives him, isn't he a giant man who gives him he's the first gift of Christmas which is like this ceremony. Um, that they, they must perform. The one child is given the first gift, and he gives him the gift of the bell that you can hear. Uh, rides away into the into the night, dash away. Uh, the kids all go back on, but the boy puts the bell into his torn uh, pocket of, the, of his dressing gown, so he loses it. So he's a bit forlorn as he goes home. But you know, he wakes up. It's Christmas morning. They they checks out all the stuff. They have all these wonderful toys, and they find one present under the tree, and the uh, it's a it's the bell. bell. The note says only, only they can hear it. Only him so, and his sister can hear it. A note says, fix that hole in your pocket. But yeah, the parents rattle the bell and go, oh, it's broken. But the boy and the sister can hear it. And then the final voiceover is like, um, all my friends could hear it, but one by one they couldn't. Even my sister stopped hearing it. But I never did. I always heard the bell asked for all those who truly believe. Blimey. There to be we. honest, if I was the first, if I had the first gift at Christmas and it wasn't 
a PlayStation 5 at the time. <laughs> I'd have been pretty annoyed about that. It's a bell. <laughs> I've come all this way and you've given me a bell. I think I know which character you'd be in the Polar Express. You'd be the, uh, the bespectacled, avaricious child who, gets, <laughs> yeah. who knows a lot of things, but, you know, uh, has no sense. Played by Eddie Deason, who I haven't seen since Greece. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, because the uh, well, I, di- I didn't realize that the uh, the two engineers, the two kind of like um, who've got these kind of uh, southern uh, hayseed accents, mm. are both played by Michael Jetta. Yeah, they are. Yeah. To whom the film is dedicated yeah, uh, because he, he died, died before it was released. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, very good. There we are. That's the film. I mean, it's not a complicated film, is it? Really? No, it's 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 a it's a there and back again film. In some respects, it's yeah. It's in some respects, you could fit it. You, you could fit it in twelve pages of a children's book, <laughs> or four words. The <laughs> Polar Express. Oh, that's three words. <laughs> you really are the know-it-all boy who needs to learn. Aren't you? <laughs> Uh, dear. Um, well, very good. Well, look, let's um, let's partake of some of the carriage hot chocolate. Probably been. Um, contracted out to virgin or something it's probably a bit tepid in the end really um or we can if even better we can have some sock flavored tea perhaps before we get into the um get into the analysis of the that film wasn't tea there's a cup of joe how dare oh, you yeah, hope i wouldn't be brewing tea would he's not getting his tea <laughs> yeah, set out. i said cup of joe <laughs> um, either way um this is a genuine ticket to ride you got here <laughs> the, i the, did the, like tom hanks's tobo accent there is but one inch of the, between the top of this old rattler and the roof of Flat Top Tunnel. <laughs> Very good, you. Wow, it's like I'm in Joysy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Right, come on, let's let's crack on with the analysis. Crack on. Have a break, and we'll 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 continue our our journey to the North Pole when we come back. Yeah, welcome back, uh, dear listener. Um, uh, I hope you have rung your bell <laughs> and <laughs> all, of your, from it. all of your wishes have come true. Um, and here we are standing on the platform, ready to uh, divulge our thoughts about the Polar Express. Um, I, I, um, I've, should, we, should, we begin with, should we begin with the mocap? Because that's... Almost yeah. the USP of the, there's, there's two things. One is it the, is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the mocap and it's also the translation from the book. So I think the mocap okay. is, is one of the more unusual things because this was brought out at a time when, like, you will not believe this. Because I saw it in IMAX when it was, mm-hmm. like, made for 3D IMAX before even 3D had really come back in. Um, so it was, yeah, definitely, I mean, it was definitely a yeah. thing. So, so you're, you're going to have to describe how this relates to the book, because obviously I, I, I didn't yeah. know the book existed. And yeah. this is my first viewing of the Polar Express as well. Uh-huh. I've not seen this before. Um, okay. So in some respects, I think it's difficult for me to have uh, an objective view on the filming technique, if I'm honest, because I didn't see this when it came out. Yeah. And... I think since this has come out, the the various technologies, whether it be mocap or not, have evolved to to a to a relatively large extent that I think this this looks odd. 
No, I put your mind it, at rest. In my it, mind, it, yeah. It looked odd in 2000. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but, uh, that's a relief to a certain extent. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, did, you know, because like, when you watch a film like Toy Story, which yeah. I, I know isn't mocap, I, you know, I yeah. appreciate it. It's a completely different type of filmmaking, I guess. Yeah. But that was six or seven years earlier than this. And it looks better. I think. Yeah. I mean, also because they're filming toys, not humans. And I always think Toy there's an uncanny valley with humans. The Toy Story was over a decade earlier, but that was one of the reasons they did toys yeah. and humans basically yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah. They, a they sensible decision. Very wise. I mean, it, I mean yeah, even this... now, even now, I think humans are very difficult to render effectively. Well, here's the funny thing. Let's, let's talk about mocap for a bit, because again, there yeah. was. It felt like they thought it was a thing, because there was this followed quickly by um, Beowulf, Beowulf, which was also yeah. a Zemeckis, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, Zemeckis, yeah. And then you had Christmas Carol, the Jim Carrey yeah. version. He really um, went for it. He really he really bought into the idea that this was going to be the next big technology. Yeah, and all it really did was have movies that had a lot of roller coaster action in it. Yeah. Because they were absolutely. designed for 3D or IMAX. I mean, this, yeah. again, the, the watching this in, in IMAX, apart from the fact that, you know, it's IMAX, so it's wonderful. Um, again, it's and 3D glasses, you know, it was lovely when the snowflakes were coming down because you were you yeah. felt that. And when the train came to a sudden stop and the snowplow, you know, pointed into the screen, yeah, yeah, that's that was good. cool. Yeah. But it didn't make, you know, the mouths look any better. It didn't make the, it didn't <laughs> no. make the, 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 the movement any smoother. It, no. it, they still looked odd. Um, so well, you, they look I so mean, odd. Yeah, you have to you have to almost like I mean, I've seen this loads of times. Um, so you have to kind of just like tune your brain around it like you're watching a strange kind of animation rather than. Because I mean, it's funny, performance capture, when you get something like, you know, whenever Andy Serkis does it, mm. I think it's fantastic. It genuinely mm. captures a performance. But um, but I think when Andy, here's the difference. Though. I think when Andy Serkis does it, I, I do agree with you. I think that he is the preeminent exponent of motion capture um, in the entertainment industry. I think he's fantastic. But when he is doing motion capture, he is not representing a human figure. Yeah. He's representing either a mythical creature or apes. And I yeah. think, you know, and I think it's, be and I think because of that, the motion capture works well in those films. And also the whole, the whole of those films isn't motion capture either. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and so you can place an actor in it and it be believable in the context of the story in the same way that I think, I know what you're saying about almost disassociating yourself from the fact that everybody looks a bit odd and weird in this because of the motion capture. And you just yeah. have to accept that it's an odd type of animation. I found it so odd, really bizarre. I found it bizarre that I was, I could, I just couldn't, I couldn't get away from their faces being just so weird um particularly um particularly oh, the the girl character in it it's hero yeah. girl isn't it or, or whoever it's it is they have no names yes hero, yes, hero girl just she just looks utterly utterly terrifying dead-eyed um it, it reminded me a little bit of a cut scene from a computer game that you might get that you know like a i don't know um heavy rain or you know something like that where yeah. you, you've got or grand theft or you've got two people talking to each other to move the plot of the action along before you take control of the character again it's just yeah. like that it was really weird oh yeah and and not i and because of that i found it not very engaging at all i found it really quite ugly ugly now that's a shame because when the bits of the film that aren't motion capture oriented look beautiful so the scene where they lose the ticket yeah, and the it wolves, goes on a journey the throughout yeah. the tundra and the wolves get it and then it goes back into the looks absolutely beautiful and it's in, it's an incredible piece of c not even cgi really it's a, it's it's a, an incredible piece of computer rendering of an environment i think that looks fantastic but then as soon as it gets back to the humans 
I, I just, if this film had the name David Lynch attached to it, I'd understand <laughs> it because it's utterly, utterly terrifying. And it's not just because of the way they look. It's the, it's, it's, the, it's got a vacuum like emptiness to the feel of the film as well, which reminds me a lot of um, Mulholland Drive and the kind of the weird, it's the weird interactions with the characters because they can't they can't in any way be naturalistic it's just utterly discombobulating at all and i have to say it took me completely out of the film it took me completely out of the film and i, I couldn't get back into it it was so weird <laughs> so weird it <laughs> was utterly well. bizarre i mean I, I wouldn't again i i haven't seen bail since it came out i wonder if that has not seen that changes. either not seen that um, no. again because I, I again for me I just yeah just I but that was baked in that was so into, into what you'd expect going in to watch this movie so it was even though I I don't disagree at all with what you said there's some mm. very weird expressions I just you know learned to not to look at the mouths when they're talking and this kind of stuff but, and doing but, yeah well. I, I yeah it's clever that you, uh, maybe it's because you've seen it a lot of times before that you're able to do that but I, yeah. I, I might argue the same thing happens you know you I so there's a film I expect the terrible script and awful plot to have been baked in. So yeah. I can just ignore that and just enjoy the film for what it is, which is a film with a terrible script. <laughs> you know, so I, I, it's, it is. This technology is fundamental to this film's existence. And if this technology is utterly distancing, then the film is utterly distanced from me. Yeah. But say what? I cannot believe the estate wouldn't let them make it to a cartoon because this would have been a beautiful cartoon. The uh, the, oh, the yeah, artwork, sure. the artwork in the book is they, they've done their best to replicate it. We come on to the the uh, the the, um, the adaptation of it now yeah. because again, the the book is again like twelve pages long. It's literally boy is asleep, oh, really? sees the Polar Express, gets on board. They have yeah. hot chocolate. They see the scenery. They get out. They see Santa Claus. They do the gift. There's no lost ticket. There's no traveling all around yeah, the train. Yeah, there's yeah. no. It's every, everything you can tell. What the filler is. There's there's yeah. there's the back and the forth. There's the filler. So the, the story and the, the, obviously there's the bell. So the the the, the story is a simple one. Although again, in addition to all the filler, some of which is just there to show off the um the the special effects and the the, the IMAX mm. stuff. Mm. Some of which actually is quite a nice point. We come into the 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 motivation of the boy. Because actually in the, the book is literally like I was lying in bed and I wasn't entirely sure I'd, I'd see Santa. But, I, you know, I, I reckon I would. And then he goes on the adventure, sees him and then he hears the bell forever. Mm. But in this, the boy is genuinely, you know, not just on the cusp. He thinks there isn't one. And he, mm. he's amused by the Polar Express. And it's not until, you know, he he desperately wants to believe at the very end. He's, you know, he's rattling the bell and saying, I believe. And it's not until... I like the fact that he see, he hears the bell before he sees Santa. So he actually, mm. belief comes to him before mm. evidence does, which again is the yeah. point of belief. And that, and that is what Tom Hanks says early in the film, isn't it? Sometimes the things you believe aren't the things you can see, right? Yeah, which I thought yeah. so. That was I thought was a nice yeah. arc that the book doesn't have. Um, everything, again, uh, what's that sort of like? I, uh, yeah, no, nothing else I think made the, is improved on by the book. Uh, again, <laughs> the, hobo, the hobo's fun. I did like actually the shenanigans on the train. I think the, the first half of the movie, um, as with everything, you know, Christmas Eve is about the anticipation. That's the yeah, fun it is, part. isn't it? Yeah. And this yeah. is the I think the only movie we covered that, that is, takes place entirely within Christmas. Eve. Christmas Eve, yeah. Even even true. you know Christmas Carol has has stuff around it. So this is yeah. entirely that. So yeah. it's a Christmas Eve movie, and it's all about the anticipation. So anticipating the North Pole is a lot more fun than actually getting there, because once once they're there, 
They're just yeah. going around empty workhouse, empty workshops, and trying to get to a place we know they're going to get to. Even the point that they keep going, it's five minutes to midnight. We've got to go. And yeah. the, the boy, the boy said, the know-it-all boy says, it's been five minutes to midnight for the last forty yeah. minutes. We've got all way the time. To, way, to, way to go to ruin any threat. I know <laughs> or danger. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah. Sorry. Then so one more thing that the the the, the film introduced the book did that I thought was an improvement is actually. Um, and this is where, again, this is where you have to pretend, don't, not look at the film and just take the message of it, because they literally go to the wrong side of the tracks and they meet a boy who clearly doesn't have much money or a good economic mm-hmm. basis or a good home life. Um, and he's not jazzed about Christmas at all because he says openly, you know, I don't get anything from Santa. He never gives anything to me. I don't get a good Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, even then, they're, they're, put, they're, they're quite clearly stating that a happy Christmas does depend on your economic background. If you're yeah. if you're not from an affluent or stable or happy family, yeah. you're not going to get this this kind of jazz, no. this magical nature. And and I thought that was that was quite an interesting thing for a family feel good movie to say that yeah this this kid is not is is not one of the gang because he's 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 just not he's not part of their their world. Yeah, I would I, I I tend to agree with that. I think they do undercut that message quite significantly at the end where when he gets an enormous um, present. Yeah, yeah. But he he gets an enormous present, but yeah, yeah. Well, there's two things. He gets an enormous present, which really does undercut that principle of the spirit of Christmas, I guess, in some respects, that they've been trying to establish. And he doesn't get the first gift. So Santa, <laughs> so basically, Santa Claus comes up to him and goes, "Hey, hey, well done, you. Right, it's going to be Hero Boy that gets the gift. Hero Boy doesn't deserve the gift. It is. He's it a is precocious, a, annoying child. He does not deserve the gift. It's Lonely Boy that deserves the gift." And whether it's or, Lonely Boy or it's the black girl who does or, all yeah, the, all or the Hero Girl. Yeah, but this this is this true this is the true measurement. It's 1950s America. Of course the white boy is gonna get the main prize. Yes, yeah, the middle exactly. class white boy wins everything in 50s America. Uh, yes, maybe that is so so that's why I have a little skepticism as to whether they actually genuinely meant what they were saying in that. But I, I you know, there, there is that. But so yes, um there are nice touches to it. Um I know I know I've 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 banged on about the motion capture, and I think, you know. I have to accept that that's what it is, I guess. But um, I, I probably would accept it more if if I genuinely felt that the 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 propulsion, ironically, the propulsion of the film, the way that the film moves through the story, was more dynamic than it is. Um, because I I actually found the the sequence on the Polar Express very meandering and dull no, nothing really seemed to happen other than other than occasionally there would be an incredible um roller coaster-esque drop or move around which i guess might be quite fun if you're in an imax cinema or at a theme park on a ride but if you're in your living room <laughs> watching it I- i'm just going meh you know, okay. Oh, it's another one where the train goes up and down really fast. If it's, I, I, this isn't interesting. This is not good story development. This is just a train going up and down a train track. It's literally a roller coaster. It is literally a roller coaster. And then when they actually get to the North Pole, they spend a they spend what seems like an eternity. That five minutes did last like an eternity, just wandering around creepy big rooms with weird nineteen with weird like songs in the background and odd elf like but not there's no there's no agency it's all inertia it's yeah. all very dull and boring they're just walking around 
until they so, get into, until they get into a vacuum, a giant sized vacuum tube that is another roller coaster ride for them. It's another roller coaster ride. Yeah. So everything in this film is effectively moving the characters from one roller coaster ride yeah. to another roller coaster ride. And when they're not in the roller coaster rides, they look dead eyed and creepy and <laughs> weirdly. And it's all very scary and unnecessary. And it left me feeling incredibly disturbed at the end of it <laughs> on one hand and very bored on the other hand. And oh, um, I was. That, that combination of, of feeling like exasperation that I want this story to start moving and utter bewilderment and creeped out feeling inside me deep down in my bones that these children are coming to get me and kill me. And <laughs> on top of that, a weird, why do I have the urge to play Grand Theft Auto um, kind, kind of thing? It meant that I have to admit, and I know that this is a beloved film, for me, it was a total failure, a total failure. I could not wait for the film to end. I was just, I was, by the end of this film, I was just rolling around the floor, just wanting it to finish. You know, just, it was torture. <laughs> it, utter torture. Well, and actually what made it worse was Tom Hanks plays loads of different characters and that's creepy itself. And then when, the hot chocolate scene happens, which is supposed to be fun and lighthearted. That's creepy. That's utterly bizarre because it comes out of nowhere. This isn't a musical film. This just comes out of complete nowhere. I hated you know it. Oh. Do you know what? Yeah, well, don't hold back. Um, <laughs> I, I had I said a thing about again um, about the musical nature of it too because I was going to say it's not a musical, but it is in fact quite a musical film. Um, yeah. We have even mentioned the fact that um, there's Steve Tyler the Elf sings a song at the very end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot of diegetic music in it that um and enough to make actually a decent soundtrack from as in like there's oh, yes, the, there's the so. polar right. express song yeah, yeah. there's um the, the little boy's lament um there's yeah. the hot chocolate song so that's just, there's five or six musical numbers in it even though it's not a musical and i think that's that combined with the the soundtrack by alan silvestri who again yeah he, he came into prominence doing the marvel tracks but he's yeah, been around he did, for yeah. decades yeah, he's yeah, a he's yes. a He's a veteran of really good. Well, he's soundtracks. he's a he's a safe pair of hands, isn't he? I yeah. think. I say he came to problems. I mean, he's like back to future soundtrack. Oh, yeah. He's been he's been doing he's been knocking it out of the park for ages. Yeah, um, yeah so, you're right. I think I think the the um the 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 music composition film is actually very nice, to be honest. But it it it's, it does it does sound like every other music you get in this type of film, though. I think, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 nice, but it's not distinctive. I don't think. Yeah. In that way. Uh, I will say the hot chocolate scene I did like, although having, again, I, I'd like the music of it. I think, and interestingly, it was put in there because one of the few things the book does say about the train is they had hot chocolate. Yeah. So clearly it's like, we need a hot chocolate scene. So they went for a real hot chocolate. And it's, I think it could have really worked, but the waiter's choreography was so creepy because it was that they were, really bad yeah, okay. They were all they were floppy like, and stuff. It was, it was like so morph. bizarre. It was like the morph that got made. <laughs> yeah, but it was like morph, but at least with morph, you know it's plasticine, so it's okay. Yeah. This was morph, but they were humans. It's yeah. like, what is this? It was, but it was fun. There. Again, the, family love, the family love this scene. They come in, they splash hot chocolate around, they're singing. Yeah, the, it, that, went, that goes down well. That's, that's, a, that's a crowd please, just the hot chocolate scene. Well, look, I, I watched this with my six-year-old, and he... he, he <laughs> He absolutely hated it. <laughs> he honestly, I had to turn it. I had to stop. I had to stop it. It wasn't that he was scared or anything, although he didn't. He wasn't engaged with it at all because I don't think you can engage with 
dead-eyed zombies. If he wasn't scared, then he didn't get as far as the Scrooge puppet scene because that is <laughs> uh, that is that, that is bizarrely nightmarish. When yeah, they, they're coming back off the train and the little boy gets lost inside the room full of abandoned toys, yeah. and then a, a, a puppet of Scrooge leaps up and starts oh, yelling oh, at him. That scares me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's very unnerving. But you know, if if a six year this film must be marketed to six year olds, right? This you know this oh, yeah. is children, you know. So if my six year old was bored about 35 minutes into the film which is a film which is intended to have sparkle and magic and that christmas feeling it's obviously not doing it's not working because he was just not interested at all and i have a feeling it's got so it must have something to do with the fact that these people in the film they just don't look like people it was almost oh, like yeah. what, what what is going what is this what's going on why are they Absolutely, looking like yeah. that <laughs> I if, if they if they were cartoons, I think they would have rapture. I think again, also, yeah, I think so. I think if they so. were cartoons, and, they, and again, the world had been realised with mocap or computer generation. Yeah, because yeah, again, yeah, I think absolutely. the Polar Express engine itself, you know, when it first arrives, you hear the rattle, yeah. you hear the lights, you see, see the train, steam yeah. is everywhere. It's like, whoa, yeah. this is something nice. And again, that is almost lifted from the front cover of the book. That's like, yeah, this is this is a oh, nice piece okay. of art. Yeah, um, okay. So it does that. I mean, I quite. Though it, again, I said that the Polar Express bits are the best bit of the film. That's that's all the anticipation. It's though though that, those, if that, that's those, the best bit of the film, Hugh. This are you, you, you telling me that Steve Tyler's Elf concert was the best bit of the film? No, yeah, that was I pretty think awful. That, yeah, the Polar Express. I think they were the, the best bits of the film. Even though at some points you want to yell, "Just stop trying to return the ticket," because that's where the like leave the ticket <laughs> yeah. where it is, and it it'll be all right. Because yeah. that's really what gives the drive yeah. for them to move around the train. But I think yeah. the thing when you when the, when the hobo is trying to he's trying to ski down the train when the train is cracking just, on the ice that's just another roller coaster it is but it, it's done well i think you know they get trapped on the ice and they have to ride the train off the ice to the tracks so i thought oblivion oh, is oblivion is done well right <laughs> but i don't i don't want i don't want to watch a youtube clip of someone on oblivion <laughs> i just don't care i just don't care i sense you may have been jaded on this film quite early on <laughs> yeah it didn't take a lot for me well wow, this is an interesting one isn't it because Again, I've mentioned before on these recordings that the Christmas film is one that is easily forgivable, right? You know, yeah, there's a lot, yeah. they've, they've got a lot of goodwill going into Christmas films. And I'd not seen this film before and I knew of it and I knew that it was a huge success. And I think maybe particularly in America, it is considered a, an absolute classic, you know? It was a huge success. It was like, you know... Three hundred million made, to the box yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was expensive as well, but it made its money back and then almost doubled it. Yeah. But um, so I'm, you know, obviously I'm willing to give it a good go, and I, I have no preconceptions of the film. I thought if this is such a classic, it's going to be all right. But I did, I did have my reservations about the motion capture because I had, I had read about the film, not even in preparation for this, but just back in the day, I was, you know, I, I was aware of the motion capture, and um, within about fifteen minutes, I was just utterly bugged out by it. utterly bugged out and then the the story just the story i i would have forgiven everything if there was a story but the story was literally just on a train and (laughs) the train doesn't even seem that exciting they're just the magic carpet on the rails never takes a rest flying through the mountains and the snow yeah but it's only but but that's just that's called a train right (laughs) i can go to from birmingham to tamworth on a train right it's the same train it's just a train there's nothing going on in the train apart from the delivery of hot chocolate which you can get on trains right <laughs> there's nothing nothing happens on the train that makes they're just children sitting around talking to each other what's happening on the train the only the only 
agency, the only action that happens is because they drop the ticket. And so that causes all this other stuff. If they were behaved, and just did what they were supposed to do, they'd just be sitting on a chair going to the North Pole. I just don't understand what the magic is about this effing train. It's a train. <laughs> it's, it's a train with a conductor. With a, with, you have to buy a ticket. You give them the ticket and then they, they, they mark the ticket. That's all it is. I mean, like trains have been around for hundred, about 150 years. It's a train. <laughs> Why is this so exciting? The design of the train I thought was quite good. It was a proper, proper old, uh, you know, rattle. It was like that, that yeah. big steam engine, yes, Ameri- you know, trans-union American train. So that is that, something to that. I, I, I appreciate. I appreciate that. the but again, that, that yes. is that is that it's it's not a it's not a train. It's not like Back to the Future Three, where the train turns into the spaceship that goes into the. It's not that. It's still just a train, <laughs> isn't it? It's a train it's a that goes train. to the North Pole. Yes. It's it. I suppose it goes to the North Pole, but then you know, again, oh, I don't, I'm being maybe I'm being overly harsh, but this film was just utter pants, <laughs> pants, or oh, literally pants. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even hate it. I was just so bugged out and bored by it, and and just terrified, terrified, bored, and and weirdly, I, I, it finished. I was weirdly listless. I felt like one of the characters in it, just kind oh, of like flopping about. <laughs> wow. I got a few of the points to make. Firstly, um, I like the the implication that he could have all dreamed it at the mm. at the very end because it's like he he wakes up and then you know he he hears his his radiator whistle like a train. He he gets a train for Christmas. It's all like all these little elements that put together. And it's like mm. if he doesn't believe, maybe he could just write it off as I had a funny dream about the Polar Express because I never had the bells. So there's no evidence there. So True. I thought that, that was nice. I, yes. until they, they Can I just add something to that though? Yep. That's the snowman. <laughs> so, you know, that's been done. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting, isn't it? But it's not clever. It's okay. just basically saying, oh, it, it might have been a dream. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't saying it was revolutionary, and I liked it. <laughs> Secondly, I've, I, I've got this interesting thing, is that um, we talked previously about, you know, um, Christmas Carol being the Christmas movie, because from yeah. our perspective, a Victorian London yes. in the mid-1900s is Christmas. Yeah. And I thought it's interesting that they chose their moment of Christmas 50s, to be 50s, Amer- 50s, yeah. America, 50s of suburban America. Oh, which yeah, is true, isn't it? And, and they're not wrong, because yeah, you look back at, I don't know, Bedford Falls, or yeah. if you, even even the modern movies, like, say, you know, Home Alone or whatever. Or Gremlins those, those, as well. Gremlins, those, those, yeah. Yeah, those enormous houses they yeah, live in. Yeah. It's trying to harken back to the time when everyone had the yeah. white picket fence and yeah, this kind it, of stuff. So yeah. it, it's it's. I thought it was interesting. Well, they, they, I mean, um, was it Jingle All the Way? It's similar as well, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's, everybody so it, lives in these yeah suburban big houses. It's very Christmassy. Yeah, again, there's there's space downstairs to run down the stairs, and you'll see the yeah. tree by the fireplace, and you'll you get so all that kind of stuff. I thought it was interesting how they said that because, of course, you know, if this Christmas Polar Express been going on for eternity, does it you know is is it evolve or is this just this mm. moment in time when it's reached its peak Christmassy? And even you know, kids in the two thousands will be going back and finding you know Dean Martin singing Santa Claus is coming to town on the on the on the radio. <laughs> God, just you like know, the idea. That. The idea oh, also, that this yeah. film runs for eternity. <laughs> Speaking of which, we have yeah. got to make mention of the elves. We've, we've touched them before. Oh, yeah. but, oh my yeah. god, they were creepy. Every it's single so one of creepy. them. creepy. <laughs> they look like ball sacks. No, it's not just it's that, but also the fact that they were. Um, there's that. You know, they. Uh, I think one, one of them is heavily Jewish. He's like, oh, there's this kid. Oh, but these kids are driving me with sugar. Well, would would elves the other... be Jewish? I mean, they could. Be. There's no reason why they couldn't be. But <laughs> well, what, I suppose they, yes. But yeah, I don't know whether it'd be Jackie Mason, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
but they, uh, there was another one who was the creepiest of all, the very end, who was um, who was basically like he was like a longshoreman. He was doing a Popeye thing, and he was like he was telling um, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the poor the poor kid to hand over the present because we delivered. He's like, so come on, kid, trust me. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't work out. Was that genuine? Couldn't tell. Was, could could not uh, tell whether it's a funny elf saying trust him or whether this elf is going to cut him into little pieces <laughs> and put put him in a fucking. Because there was no way of knowing from that performance what that no. elf's intentions were. Yeah, I, I'd I'd if if, if that was it, <laughs> I'd hedge I'd hedge my bets and go. There's no way I'm trusting you. <laughs> no, you know what? No, 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 no. I've never seen on captured on film anyone least less trustworthy than that elf <laughs> saying trust me. <laughs> Gollum is is more trustworthy than that elf. Hannibal Lecter preparing the dinner (laughs) with a table set for one is more trustworthy than that elf. Oh yeah, it's true. Uh, Hey, um, fun fact though, the um, hero girl was voiced by Nona Gay, who is Marvin Gaye's daughter. Really? There you go, there's a fun fact. It's remarkable for for a movie that entirely stars tom hanks as other people in it really yeah i know well it, it's and, and you know this is this maybe this is my final say on it oh, it is a sad state of affairs when the least irritating character in it is voiced by eddie deason <laughs> <laughs> yes, i mean how old was he then because i know like, i know because he, he eddie deason again for those who don't know was eugene the nerd yeah, in greece yeah, so yeah. he was like 50 well, I don't know. He's apparently he's he's now sixty six. Wow. So he must have been, well, what is it, twenty years ago? So yeah, that's yeah. forty. He was forty four. Oh my gosh. So um, how old was he in Greece then? Like in his teens then. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I know that you know. Which is strange because Greece is not known for being age appropriate. <laughs> no. Given no, that no. yeah, they all had like five o'clock shadows, all these like T birds who were meant to be yeah. seventeen. Yeah. Well, well, children aged differently in the 60s, didn't they? It's all the cigarettes, wasn't it? Yeah, it's exactly what it is, yeah. (laughs) We've seen it in them, like, Stand By Me when we did that, you know. It's like everyone smoking and drinking at the age of, like, 10, basically. Ridiculous. Anyway, there we go. Look, I don't, you know, look, um, persuade me that this film isn't a one disembodied crombie head. Okay, uh, I I can't, but I will say I agree with you on many of these points in the fact that it does look creepy. The mocap doesn't work. It is often about um, trying to set up the next roller coaster. But I yeah. will say what got me there was the performances. I think the voice acting, you know, you can't say Tom Hanks does a, does a bad job on nor the, the daughter of uh, Marvin Gaye. Um, you can. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're yeah, right. They, no, they, yeah. They should yeah. do some good songs. So the songs, the soundtrack, the you know the, the the background setting when the human beings aren't on the on the stage yeah, is, is beautiful um, is all that and i think the message too i love the idea that the that belief if you believe you'll hear the bell and one by one other people will stop doing it but if you hold true to the belief you can still believe in all that and i'm going to say for all its deep deep flaws and the fact that it is still not an attractive film to watch there were tears in my eyes as i finished watching this film i uh Oh, I really enjoy beautiful. it. Beautiful. That's beautiful. It's definitely a one now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I, got, I had bro. tears in my eyes as well because I was utterly terrified. Honestly, if this film was directed by David Lynch, I could understand it. There was some sc- the hobo could have gone either way as well. Yeah. Um, yes, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I did not know what kind of hobo he was going to turn out to be. No, no, I know, I know. Oh man. 
Because yeah, oh, yeah. little, the little boy is like crouching along the thing and he, he comes across the hobo and he's just like, I'm looking yeah, for a girl. Off the train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're looking for a girl. He goes, ain't we all? <laughs> yeah, the, the skirt. The skirt you're looking for. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I was sure that, that um, the, the conductor at one point was going to throw Hero Girl off the train for not having the ticket as well. Oh. I was convinced that he was taking her out the back and throwing her off the train. I liked it. And the little bo- the little poor boy got some friends. You know, they they they're gonna stick by him. The hero girl got some confidence because it turns out she was mostly right about everything, but she yeah. she doubted herself. Yeah. So she like she did. And obviously she, he signs a ticket at the end as leader, doesn't he? Exactly. So, so yeah, all the tickets are punched with little yeah, little moral yeah. morality morality punches. That um, is true. There, there is yeah, there are nice flourishes and nice touches in the film actually. Um, yeah, I, I saw yeah, Tom Hanks yeah. Santa. I thought again the, the the voice they did and the kind of just the. The combination of he's a he's, he's a noble as well, isn't he? He's very otherworldly. He's a noble figurehead, uh, but he's also quite, quite you know, um, sincere and quite sweet towards mm. the kids. You know, like he he just goes, let's have this boy here, or let's have this young fellow here, and just calls him over and gives him the first Christmas. It's like I quite like that. I like I like it was he was I mean, a Santa he gave worth it to the wrong wait- child. Let's you he know. did yes, but he was a Santa <laughs> he was a Santa worth waiting for. And and, and yeah. God, did you have to wait while he got to the North Pole to get to that Santa? <laughs> But you know it paid off, and again they they do make a lot of it. Like I said, the the, the doors open, you first see his shadow, you see him come through. Yeah. Elves are getting in the way, so the boy can't see him. And it's like, and this, I believe, I believe, I believe you dropped this. You're um, up now, aren't you? Oh, oh yes. Well, I'm <laughs> dead inside you, so uh, <laughs> I'll dry up the minute you give it its one star. <laughs> <don't worry. laughs> well, uh, look, shall we? Shall we? Let's let's go. We're finished now. We've finished the first of. We have. Dare, dare, dare I say? the first but not the last of our 12 days series because i think that's fair, i really enjoyed this and i, I there are as well. lots more christmas films out there oh there are tons there are lots more um i mean we could do the santa claus the movie at christmas that would be innovative wouldn't it imagine Ooh. doing that but um yeah you're right do the santa so... claus 2 the polar express 2 <laughs> is there the polar express 2 we could watch Surely it again it'd be the polar express 2 <laughs> beowulf um... is the polar express 2 <laughs> But yes, that's true. Well, you know what? Let it, let us try and get uh, the twelve days of Crombie into the um, Christmas tradition. Oh, wouldn't of, that be uh, oh, wouldn't it be something? As long as there was some kind of monetary um, gain involved afterwards, I'd be all up for that. But well, either, not, even if not, it's we're not, not fat man here. <laughs> no, that's true. So yeah, we, we'll do it next year. It's a good idea, isn't it? We've got a year to prepare, days. haven't we? Yes, let's start watching Christmas movies in September once again. The <laughs> sacrifices we make. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, I have to say. And actually, uh, what I would add to that is, I know that, you know, listeners, you know, I don't know why you'd care about this. But anyway, for me personally, it although we did watch a fair few movies in September and October, um, it it as it's got closer to Christmas, it, it's got me in the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really has got, it got me in the mood slightly earlier than I might normally be and deeper. Yeah, well, well I told you I, I watched it in September and then woke up thinking it was Christmas Day the next day. So <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, clearly I, I had a profound bad. effect on me. <laughs> well, that's just that's called I'm mental illness. Now. This is Christmas too. <laughs> yeah, so that'd be good. And what we haven't done actually is any we haven't really looked at any kind of Christmas romances either, have we? That's a, I, that's a shame. That's a show of Christmas romance. Christmas horrors either, but let's let's not push well, that. But no, Christmas well, romance no, is an untapped market. Hallmark. The there's a lot of Hallmark Express. movies out there. Well, there is a lot of there is a lot of Hallmark movies. I could probably manage one or two Hallmark movies. I've got I've got there is space in my heart for a Hallmark Christmas movie. I have to say that because they are films that are ostensibly terrible, but they. 
there, there's so much of a type that you can you can just you can almost watch it without watching it. Yeah. They, I find there's them a, quite yeah. comforting. But there's also there's, there's bizarre spin-off movies too. Like there's Beauty and the Beast two, Belle's Christmas. <laughs> oh God, maybe that will be in the in the five years or six years or something like that. Surely there are just good. There are still good classic Christmas films we can watch. I think there are many. We've and, and again, uh, viewers, listeners, if any of you are out there and want to suggest them by however means you get in touch with us, I don't know. Yes. So, well, for God's sake, don't get in touch with us. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to make any friends. <laughs> Write a note down, put it under your chimney, let it, let it waft up, and if it finds us, it was meant ah, to be. Indeed. Yeah, there we go. But anyway, very we've good. yet, we've, we've, we've been wrapping, we've yet to put the boot in. We've got to put the, the snow-capped boot into um, the Polar <laughs> Express, find out our scores, oh, and yeah. then, then then we get to put the sherry and the mince pies beneath the tree oh, and, uh, and go off where we dream of sugar plums. So join us after then. <laughs> Yes, uh, dear listener, um, we've we have used the Polar Express's um, toilet. Uh, it's it's as you would imagine a uh, suburban um, train. Uh, the quality of the toilet is, is exactly what you would think it would be. Um, it's got one of those odd touch electronic doors that you go in, and um, it's just a big space. And then there's a toilet and some bars that you can hold on to so that you don't stand, that you don't fall over and get a wee all over yourself or, you know, anything more should you be having a, a tipple on the train as well. So just we've done that. That's all done. We've got off it. It's fine. But what um, nice what, scores, what scores are we going to give this, Hugh? Over to you. Over to me, really. I suppose my scores are less known than yours. Uh, as, as a quality of the film, I mean, I couldn't argue for peerless quality, but... Do you know what? I could even give it props for trying something new because it really was pushing the boundaries of, of mocap cinema. Whether those boundaries needed to be pushed at all is kind of like whether Oppenheimer <laughs> should have invented the bomb or not. It's like you've, you've opened the door on us now, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> but che- I tell you what, cheesy, I... cheesy peas is is something new. It doesn't mean it should happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think again, I, I can't deny that it moved me, and I can't deny that I enjoyed elements of it so for those elements and that that those teas i shed i think it's a three out of five for me i i think it's a good christmas family staple considering <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and for its christmasy nature mm. <clears throat> i mean it's very christmasy it's very christmasy it's a five for me it's gotta be it's a five five uh, five santa hats for me it does it, it it centers on one part of christmas goes right for it and by the end of it you know you're singing along with steve tyler uh, (laughs) (laughs) very good um so i you know you you have definitely raised the score that i was going to give um the polar express no honestly because you know i think i was blinded i was very blinded by a lot of the flaws that i felt in the film the fact i was just very bored about it but actually the message that you have described is quite touching so it is now a high one (laughs) (laughs) please it cannot be any more than a one on the basis that i was also moved i was moved to tears at just how bored i was at the film and how much i wanted it to end i would imagine that in the ninth or tenth layer of hell, there is there is a special place for murderers and um, criminals where the Polar Express is just shown on repeat ad in ad infinitum because it would feel it would feel 
that long watching this. Um, no, I think the I, true hell would be some kind of body horror where your body becomes that kind of dead-eyed, weird-mouthed, oh floppy-limbed yeah. creatures, like yeah. in, the, in the Matrix when Mr. Mr. Anderson's mouth gets sealed. Exactly. Again. It's like you'll be forever <laughs> opening yeah. and closing your mouth, but it won't quite sync with the words you say. Oh, no, don't. So, I mean, the, 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 the thing is, right, is that the motion capture in the film is awful, but it isn't the worst thing in the film. What it all it does it it, it it exemplifies it magnifies everything else about the film which I disliked profoundly. The fact that actually this isn't a film, I don't think it's a theme park ride, and it's empty as a consequence of that. And so I can't give it any more than one because I don't think it's a film. I just think it's a it's just a thing. Um, it's a horrible thing. Um, <laughs> Is it Christmassy though? Hell yeah! It's well Christmassy. <laughs> I mean, climbing, you can't get much more Christmassy than this. It's five. It's five. Horrible, it well Christmassy thing. It is Christmassy though. Oh, it's completely Christmassy. Yeah, it's as Christmassy as it gets. What can I do? <laughs> I can hate the film and acknowledge that it's very Christmassy at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I think, is why I like the dichotomy of the Twelve Days of Crumbling, is that you can you can both rate a skill, uh, a film on its merit and on its theme, and they can be completely yeah. disparate, disparate. Yeah, I'll be honest as well. And I've said about being the ninth layer of hell. If it was on on Christmas Eve, because it's so Christmassy, I'd probably end up watching it <laughs> just, just because it's it's so Christmassy. It's so it would it would lull me into a Christmassy false sense of security. Well, it's Christmas Eve tonight, James. There's still time to pop it on. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. I forgot yeah. about that. No, I've got better things to do. I've got to stick Go pins in my eyes. No, no, no you, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> <sighs> Again, the thing is, if, honestly, if this was directed by David Lynch, I'd have probably enjoyed it. So I, I'd have known what he was getting at. I'd have known what he was going for. But as it was directed by Robert Zemeckis, I just I don't understand it. I can't grasp. I can't, what's the, what is this film? Anyway, that's enough of that. Stop, James. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Have a sherry yeah. uh, <clears throat> and a mid spice. But uh, with that, sadly, oh. comes to the end our 12 episode run of the uh, the 12 Days of Crumbie. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it, dear listener, because as much as have. we have. Yeah, Indeed. absolutely. I hope you'll join us, uh, well, either next December or, um, well, for our New Year's special. Mm. And then, um, absolutely, yeah. And then, and then in the again. New Year, yeah. look, back, back to the traditional weekend at Crombie's, Le Grand yeah. Vaudreuil. Le Grand Vaudreuil, delayed by a whole year, but now we're, we put the Cowboys to bed as well. Oof, what a what a close of year this has been. Um, oh, it is. But we'll, we'll save all that for the, for the roundup. Until yeah. then, wish you a Merry Christmas and a very happy weekend at Crombie's. Good evening, all. Weekend at Crombie's. Well, I used to, um, used to get the Radio Times. Uh, oh, the Christmas course, the edition of the radio yeah, times. Yeah, you get the yeah. highlighter pen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get the highlighter pen, work it out. And then I would organise the purchase of um, VHS blank tapes. Yeah. Um, Put on long you know, play, get three yeah, movies in yeah. a cassette. <laughs> yeah, easy, easy. And then it, I'd, I'd work out a schedule um, and then, you know, there'd be, because I'd watch them as well, but oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that was, I remember it. that. Oh, God, there were some good teenage years of, of they having were, no friends, they were. but the radio <laughs> times and all the blank VHSs you need. That was a Christmas and a half. <laughs>